You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Matas. Adam, while you and I are talking, the Los Angeles Clippers and Houston Rockets are playing a preseason game in Hawaii that isn't even listed on ESPN.com. Aloha? I don't know know what to go with that. (laughs) Uh, I was going to make like a it's a preseason for everybody joke, right? Because ESPN's Uh, even behind on it. But, you know. Well, do you know something crazy, Anthony? So here in Denver, Altitude TV is the regional sports network for the Denver Nuggets. It's owned by the Cronkies, who own the Denver Nuggets and Avalanche. And the Avalanche season premiere was tonight, but there's a dispute between Comcast and uh, DirecTV and Dish Network in Altitude. The game's not even on TV, and there's a very real chance that the Nugget season will begin with that not being on TV. So it's a crazy situation happening here in Denver. And it's actually De- – Denver's not alone. There's a couple different regional sports networks are, that are currently on sort of a lockout with the cable providers. So it, I'm, so your story about ESPN not having this as the running thing is, is crazy. But even crazier is that some teams might not get to – some fans might not get to watch their team at the start. Well, fans out here in L.A. went through that with the Spectrum thing. Well, back then it was Time Warner. Now it's Spectrum. Mm. Um, and Dodgers you fans. games? The Dodgers fans, like 70% of the fan base out here still can't watch. Still? Yeah, because DirecTV never picked up the – never never came to an agreement with Spectrum. So, like, you have an entire fan base that is just SOL. That's wild. So I used to live in L.A., as you know. Uh-huh. And this was so 2000 2000- – six to 2008 roughly and lakers games i don't know if it's still this way lakers games were shown on tape delay when they were on the east coast <laughs> is it still that way it's not that way anymore there's no way you could get away with that in 2019 <laughs> <laughs> no well what was funny was that so to go back to the spectrum thing the dodgers so first time warner picked up the lakers or made the lakers channel right yeah and DirecTV was kind of messing around and they were divide, debating whether or not they were going to have it and fans out here made such a fuss and started switching it, it at such great numbers that DirecTV eventually said, okay, we'll blink. We will pick up this channel for everybody, right? Yeah. And then the Dodgers thought that they had the same pull as the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, it, do they, they, do do they not. not? They do. Oh, hell no. No, the, it's the, the Lakers. I, I Look, I say this as somebody who is fortunate enough to host Locked on Lakers, right? Uh, Locked on Lakers – it has a pretty good audience ourselves. There's another show that's about as big as ours. There's another show that's just slightly behind that show. Like there's, it, when yeah, you're talking like, about, you're talking about an insane fan base. It's insane. Lakers are too big to too big to fail in the NBA. They're honestly as big as the NBA itself. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's, yeah, and it's only growing more and more that way as as obviously the top dogs keep tapping into it. But honestly, it actually does play into this a little bit. Yeah. Part of this with Altitude here in Denver, you know, they're a cable TV company, and a lot of people don't have cable south of 35. So the only access you have here in Denver, if you're not like paying $150 for cable, is you have the national television, which is just Lakers. ESPN talks about the Lakers every 30 minutes, like they <laughs> have an obligation to do it. They show all the Lakers games. So I honestly think it's a it's a real thing, but also just it's just crazy to think that in 2019. We're going to have professional sports tonight, a professional hockey game that was not televised at its local market. It's just it to me. I never thought I would see this. Nothing like the greed of cable mongers. 
right? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is, right? Is you got a billionaire cable companies, and then you have billionaire owned regional sports networks, and yeah. it's like, okay, yep. Uh, we aren't actually going to talk about cable TV for the for the entirety of the show. Today's show, we could. Uh, we I, have dude. you seen Chernobyl? Uh, no, phenomenal show, phenomenal show. Highly recommend. Five stars. Uh, I, I was introduced to that show. Jen tried to introduce me to the show, and the scene that I walked in on was when they were all shooting dogs. <laughs> it's not a happy. It's so, not a happy. It's not <laughs> no, but I was like, if you're if it's, you're trying to sell me on a TV show, <laughs> that's not the way to go about it. <laughs> Babe, come over here. This is great TV show. <laughs> <laughs> not even like a top five bleakest part of this thing but nonetheless nonetheless <laughs> today's show we're gonna pick division winners across each division there are six of them we have three segments the math works out just fine some divisions are a little bit more difficult than others uh the Pacific yeah i'd rather division. watch people shooting dogs in the south oh. that southeast division <laughs> Sorry. The Southeast Division is brought, it's brought to you by Chernobyl. <laughs> uh, today's, so just kidding. I love the Southeast. They're we're going to go we're going to go in order uh based on how things are listed on ESPN. They have the Atlantic Division sitting on top of the nor- No, you know what? Let's let's change that. We'll do Southeast over Southwest. <laughs> And then we'll do Atlantic over Northwest because those are more interesting divisions. You want to grow in interest as we go on. Yeah, and then we'll finally finish with the uh, Central over the Pacific. So, let's do it. Uh, let's start with the Southeast. Somebody <laughs> okay. has to win it, right? <laughs> like, well, last year – it's going to be better than last year. So it last is. year the Orlando Magic won it with a 42-40 and 40 record. Mm-hmm. They won the division. <laughs> If there's a case to be made uh, to get rid of divisions just as they stand, the Southeast is that one. That's the case. So Orlando wins it with 42 wins last year, and the Thunder come in fourth in their division with 49 wins. So, yes, this division thing is really, really dumb. Uh, do, who do you think wins it, though? So I have to think you, – you, there's a couple teams you can throw out. Charlotte, you can throw out. Washington, you can absolutely throw out. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, you could almost certainly throw out. Like if they won it, it would be a huge surprise. Yeah. So you're looking at Orlando and Miami. I like Orlando. I think there's a little bit of a chance for Orlando to be this year's sort of Sacramento Kings, the like feisty team that wins a lot more than people think. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to go with Miami. I still just think they – there's a lot that can go south. They're one Jimmy Butler twisted ankle away from maybe things getting ugly. But I just feel like there will at least be a high 30s team. And that alone, <laughs> that floor at least puts them in contention to win this division. I, I think they also have a move in them. Pat Riley's yes. so insane well, that I, I feel like he's still going to go after whether it's Kevin Love, Chris Paul, whomever. Yeah, uh, I feel like he's he's not done with Jimmy Butler. I don't think he's OK with having just one star out there. Well, Even of course if- he's not. The question is, can can they make the move? I mean, that's yeah. that's been the thing with Miami is they've since LeBron left, they haven't conceded defeat, right? Like they've tried to <laughs> stay competitive and they've they've tried to do this. It's been and the it, saddest thing. It, yeah, it, and sometimes it works out. Look, some teams manage to pull these moves off, and like Toronto's one of them. Toronto, two years ago, you thought, okay, there's teams not going anywhere. They're just not good. They're that going to be that mm-hmm. mediocre team. And then all of a sudden, Kawhi Leonard happens and they have a championship, but. I don't see that happening in, in, in South Beach. The Southwest Division. Uh, the Rockets, I feel like, has the biggest – they have the biggest gap between floor and ceiling 
of any team among the legitimate contenders at the top of the league. Do you think that floor is so low then to have teams like New Orleans, San Antonio, or Dallas creep in as as you know contenders to that division title? I don't. I mean, I think when you look at things that could go wrong for Houston this year to make them worse or the second best, um, you know, it could be that a Dallas or New Orleans sneaks in there, but I just don't think so. I think San Antonio will be pretty pretty solid like they always are. But the, the, but for Houston, for things to go south, that south, it'd have to really not work between Westbrook and Harden. And then you'd have to get some drop-off between some of their main um, contributors like a P.J. Tucker who I think is – what, 34 years old now? Mm-hmm. Let's see, 85? Yeah, so he's 34. You know, it, it would have to take things, Eric Gordon maybe getting injured, and it, it would take a lot of bad luck for them. And even then, as long as Harden and Westbrook are healthy, I still feel like they're going to they're gonna get up into that, like, 50 win. To me, that's their floor. Houston, as an entity, annoyed me so much that I tried to talk myself into some of these other teams. Uh, right, but I, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. It's they're, they're, I think they have – this is their last year, though, as winning the division. Really? Who, I, who's I do. sneaking up on them next year? I think either Dallas or New Orleans get them next year. I, Dallas and New Orleans are certainly the future of this division, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis, too. I mean, Memphis has some young pieces that are Memphis very intriguing. Memphis a couple years away. Yeah, Memphis is always away. But New Orleans and Dallas are certainly intriguing, but I don't know if it's ne- – I don't know if this is the last year of Houston's reign. I'm Let's, not willing to go that far. I, all right. We can make a bet on it. We should start betting against each other on these things. We never remember our bets. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick second. When we come back, we will talk about the Atlantic Division and the Northwest Division. Adam, you're, you're, are you ready for this? I'm ready. It might not be on TV. Revolution will not be televised. <laughs> Call could, your cable provider. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. It was harsh but fair. <laughs> it was funny. They had so baseball's playoffs are, are kind of in in the swing of things right now, and they have a playoff game airing on MLB TV uh, tomorrow, and it just mm-hmm. made me think of like one of the you know two of the series next year. We're already getting for ready for the NBA TV series come playoff time next year. It just made me laugh. I'm just happy to have basketball back, man. Like I even I tried to I convince Jen to to watch while I was waiting for you uh, to watch the Clippers and <laughs> Rockets preseason game, and she's like, "Fred, I have to watch the 82 Lakers games. I'm not going to watch a preseason <laughs> game between two teams. I don't care about." But back to the task at hand. In the Atlantic Division, you have the Celtics, the Nets, the Knicks, the Sixers, and the Raptors. I think there's a heavy favorite here. Yeah, there is. I want to be controversial here and pretend like there's not, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty high on Philadelphia. There are some things that could go wrong for them. There are question marks, but I mm-hmm. just think their upside is really, really high. And when I look at Boston, Brooklyn, New York, Toronto, to me. They all have, in my opinion, fairly low ceilings. I do think Boston can be a contender. This is a Brad Stevens team, right? They're everybody's counting them out now. Their star point guard's gone. Like this is the the year where they they get a bunch of those gritty wins. But I still think Philadelphia just smashes through. I think their record's really really good this year. Honest question. Okay. Can Ben Simmons, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid play together? 
you know, the reason I say yes is because that defensively, that's a juggernaut. It is. Sure. Defensively, that's a very difficult team to score ever on. Mm-hmm. And while they'll be ugly offensively in the half court when you slow them down, it can be ugly. And in a playoff series, that could really hurt them. In the regular season, they're just going to lock lock you down and and wear you out. And and you know the other thing that they're going to do, Anthony, is they're going to they're going to draw fouls. Mm-hmm. And and so that that's the reason that you're right. You're right to be skeptical offensively about the trio, but I think in the regular season, at least, it's going to work. The reason I asked that is for the stuff you talked about. Also, they don't have JJ Redick. So, oh yeah, the spacing, shooting is a real question. Spacing the floor for the for that team, and 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 look, maybe they are just so good defensively that they are the outlier team to to what has become a bit of a rule in the NBA, which is if you make your name on the defensive side of the ball, you have a lower ceiling than teams that are better on the off- offensive side of the ball, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe the Sixers are just that good. They're a different team in that respect that is able to be such an incredible outlier that that all that stuff matters less, but that's a legitimate question to me. And and it's, I've thought about it a bunch. I'm getting ready for, for, I'm going to try to break down the matchup next week between the Sixers and the Lakers and how those two teams match up. And, and while I'm scared out of my mind at the idea of Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee having to check Joel Embiid. I don't know how they score. I don't know how they score on the other end of the court consistently, no matter what the matchup might be. I, I, I yeah, I, I think that they have enough one-on-one talent and enough open court talent, mm-hmm. and then also don't forget just the athleticism. I mean, Embiid is an athletic freak, right? I mean, he's so nimble for a guy his size and strength. Ben Simmons, same thing. I mean, he's sixteen. He's a taller LeBron, yeah, um, physically. And then Zaire Smith, you know, very, very athletic. Josh Richardson can move. So I, I just think athletically, teams are going to get worn down against them, and it'll be a grind. But I, I will agree to this. I don't know if the 76ers are going to be the fun team this year. There's going to have fun highlights because Embiid's going to dunk on people and talk trash and do all that stuff. And Ben Simmons will have no look passes. But I think when you sit and watch 48 minutes of them, I don't know that it's going to be one of the more enjoyable teams. What do you think we get more of this year? Ben Simmons three pointers or Charlotte Hornets wins? Definitely Charlotte Hornets wins, <laughs> which definitely says more about Ben Simmons' three point. Although I am excited, you know, how many? So here's a good question: How many do, does he have to miss before he stops taking them? Like yeah. if he starts zero for ten, does he just? Is it like okay, we're not trying this anymore? How bad are the misses? I think that kind of matters too. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's a good the, point. But the, like the thing that all this comes down to is that even while the Sixers have all these question marks facing them, like the Celtics have, like the the Sixers floor is still higher than I think the Celtics season uh, ceiling. Uh, same goes for the Raptors, right? I think. The Raptors at some point are going to have to decide whether or not they want to keep rolling the way that they are if they want to start selling off parts. So we'll see. Uh, the next division here that we have is the Northwest one. They have the Jazz and the Nuggets at the top of it. That's Those are the two teams I've, I have kind of circled. I have the Nuggets winning it because of the continuity they bring to the to the table this year uh, that the Jazz don't, right? The Jazz are trying to work Mike Conley into everything. So how, I, I, <laughs> how, but be honest. So there's some guys that it's like, we got to work him in. It's going to be difficult. He's hard to, you know, whatever. And then there's some guys that are like, it's Mike Conley. He, maybe he needs like 30 minutes of familiarity before he's got it. Uh, I don't think I, it's not just Conley though. It's Donovan Mitchell, like having to operate a little bit more off the ball. It's, it's, which you know, is like his natural role. 
It will maybe, but tell him that, <laughs> right? <laughs> like when we, when I watched him in FIBA, he was ready to shoot every time he touched it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I I I it's a lesser question. Like working yeah. Conley into this worries me a lot less than whether or not the Sixers can score. But it's still something that I'm I'm interested to see how that how that works out. Uh, but I, do you agree? Do you think Denver belongs higher on my list than Utah or? Or I think I think those two I think there's an easy easy case to be made for either one of those I think there's a much harder case for Portland Oklahoma City or Minnesota so I definitely think it's between Denver and Utah um, I do think Utah will have a really good record this year um, what they do defensively between I mean just having Gobert and then now having Conley and Ingles and just the, the roster that they have I, yeah. I think that their 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 floor is just so high. I'll say this about Denver, though, Anthony, and obviously this is the team I cover. I'm closest to it. I'm around them. I don't actually know much about what's going on with other teams' training camps. I, do, I think you can overanalyze training camp way more than you can properly analyze it. Yeah, um, but the one thing that you pick up on when you cover a team day in and day out for years is you kind of just see where are they at emotionally, where's their headspace at. And I fully expected a week ago, I predicted Denver would have some ups and downs this year. Yoga should be tired. They kind of – they overachieve last year, so they're ready for a regression. Denver has been so incredibly on point this season so far in their training camps. Um, just incredible energy, just a great vibe around them. And Jokic, who I thought would be tired and maybe unmotivated or this or that, and everybody saw the photo like, oh, my God, look at him. He's so fat as if that's news. <laughs> he has been incredible. Like He just seems energized and ready to go and motivated and driven. And So I say all that to say that Denver, they're starting to – they're planting a seed of having me say, you know what? Maybe there is no regression. Maybe this team is like excited for the next step, which is kind of how they seem at the moment. I hope so. I, I want them to take the next step. I'm I'm all aboard the dad bod, like taking the the, the NBA by storm. Did, did you you saw the video that went viral from yesterday where Jokic is like leading the break and he throws a no look wrap around past the Porter oh, Jr. Oh yeah, for the to dunk. Porter. Yeah, and and like so, Jeremy Grant's chasing him. Michael Porter Jr.'s on the break. Will Barton's chasing him, and here comes three hundred pound Jokic with this like no <laughs> look. Just has people jumping at. Sh- it's like this guy man the most unique player i mean i i I can remember seeing 300 pounds and he's making these super athletes jump out of the position it's incredible this division though like i i kind of mentioned it in passing but does do they send four teams to the playoffs easily the best division in the in the nba in my opinion every single team is good minnesota you could make a case for them i mean oklahoma city who knows uh, I don't know that four teams get in. I think I think I have just three, mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised if Minnesota made a run for. I'm predicting the year of Carl Anthony Towns. That's that's one of my big predictions for the year. Yep. Man, that's a tough one. I I so I have it: Nuggets, Jazz, Blazers, and then Timberwolves and Thunder. But but yeah. like the Thunder, I think are going to have a, as good a record as as like the second or third best team in the Southeast Division. So. Thunder in such a weird spot. Jeremy Grant, by the way, on Media Day referred to it. I think he said, I, I feel like I'm lucky to have gotten out of a sinking ship. <laughs> Which, and, and I don't think he's throwing a barb at anybody at Oklahoma City. I think yeah. he's just saying, like, none of us thought this thing was going down until all of a sudden it's going down. And I'm just glad I got out of there. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick second. When we come back, we have the Central Division to talk about. We have the Pacific Division to talk about. Uh, we, we, we kept the Pacific one off for as long as we possibly can. 
we actually have it in our contract, so we have to talk about the Lakers for at least like seven minutes per show. So we'll get that in here in a second. All right, let's start with the Central Division. Okay. Uh, Milwaukee is going to walk away with this thing, right? I think so. I'm lower on Milwaukee than I think most people are. I actually think Philadelphia is better than them, and 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 I think Milwaukee is a team that's probably in line for a regression. But when you look at the teams that they're going against, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, I don't think any of those are real contenders well, for the crown. Derek Rose thinks he's chasing rings in Detroit, so let's – well, give them proper respect. Well, I mean, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but Indiana, you know, I think actually Indiana could be a sneaky great team this year, um, a regular season. I don't know if they're like a t- contender or nothing like that, but they could. I could see them being a sneaky good regular season team, tough out, tough defensive minded, athletic. Um, but I, I just, I do think there's a big enough gap between Giannis and what mm-hmm. he can do in Indiana. So uh, I do think Milwaukee wins this one pretty easy. I think Milwaukee at, at least five games. Milwaukee losing Brogdon specifically to Indiana hasn't gotten enough attention. Yeah, that's a, it's pretty big. That's I mean Brogdon. If you were to design, if you were to try to to build a point guard to play alongside Giannis in a lab, it would look a lot like Malcolm Brogdon, a solid defender, doesn't turn the ball over much, fifty forty ninety kind of a shooter, right? And it was it looked like that was going to be the pairing moving forward. And for some reason, they handed out that Bledsoe deal and now had to choose between the two point guards. And now that point guard who fits perfectly alongside talented wings. Now, different team in Indiana, but that guy is now in Indiana in in, in is playing for your starkest rival in the, in the uh, division or your toughest opponent in the division. That's going to, that's going to matter. I think at some point, I, I think Milwaukee wins the division, but yeah. of the, so not, not counting Southeast, I think <laughs> because the Southeast is such a mess, but like between the Atlantic and central divisions in the East, I actually think the Sixers win their division by more than Milwaukee wins theirs. I agree. I, and Milwaukee's the team that I would not be surprised if they had the surprise bad season. Like, not yeah. I don't think they're going to bad like miss the playoffs or anything like that. And, but and Giannis they want, is going to demand a trade too. Yeah, but oh, exactly. Players. What if? I mean, all it takes is a slow start for the wheels to be turning on that, right? And I'm, I'm on board. One weird Instagram like, like oh, Giannis just liked Steph Curry's post, or you know what I mean? It's yeah. just going to take like a three-game losing streak and one of those for things to kind of get ugly and Giannis to be bad. But they won 60 games last year. They were great. They were phenomenal. Like you mentioned, they've had a kind of a, a sneaky, important loss uh, uh, to their roster. And they, with all the distractions, I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee was like a 52-win team this year and everybody's thinking, what's wrong with them? Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up with the division that that has, I think, the most people talking, right? I I, I would imagine. Even though it's not the best division, like the Northwest is by far better than the Pacific Division. Pacific uh, has has a dud, a real dud in it. Uh, are you talking about the Kings or the Suns? The Lakers. <laughs> that was well done. That was that was a good job, Adam. Um, I I have the Clippers winning this division, but I could be sold on the Lakers. Well then, I'm going to sell you because I, 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 I this wow. was tough. One. This was a really tough one. 
Um, but I went with Lakers too. I kind of feel like this might be a more disappointing regular season record wise team, like division, the Warriors, Clippers and Lakers, obviously all very good, but I could see all of them being a little bit below what everybody expects them to be from mm-hmm. a win loss standpoint. I think they're all playoff teams. I'm not, I, 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 I feel pretty confident about that, but the Lakers, here's the thing. The Lakers need two guys to stay healthy, and and they're two guys that are you know have question marks there. But Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy. We saw there was that thing today that came out like this is the group that closed. People were like laughing at it. <laughs> this is the group that closed practice today, and it was like Caldwell Pope, the bald eagle, Alex Caruso, and who was the other one? Probably Javale or Dwight. K- K- no, no, no. It was a guard. It was another wing. It was oh, KCP. KCP. Yeah, KCP, yeah there, so, there you go. So. And then they had LeBron and and AD, and and people were laughing like, "Oh, trash garbage." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's still LeBron and AD." Like, <laughs> and it's Alex not Caruso. that trash. Gosh, put some put some respect on the name there. No, but here's my concern with the Lakers: they have this opening to their schedule where it's crazy light, really really light schedule to open this thing up. And right now, there is a bunch of political pressure on the coaching staff to start Rajon Rondo throughout the locker room. Right. 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 And what the Lakers can't afford to do is mess around with that opening schedule by playing somebody who is as bad at basketball as Rajon Rondo is. So if they mess around and instead of going, you know, 10 and five or 11 and four in that stretch or whatever it is, if that 10 and five becomes like a eight and seven, like that matters for when for when the season gets tougher. These wins are going to be really difficult to come by like season long. And and playing somebody what like you, Rondo is really going to hurt. I think Jason Kidd is in Frank Vogel's ear, like, "Yo, man, don't yeah. listen to the players. You got to bench Rondo. You got to." <laughs> like <laughs> Frank, Frank Vogel's going to do it. They start like four and seven. He's out of there. Jason Kidd's like, "Hey, Rondo, you're starting." I tried to tell him <laughs> he wouldn't listen to me, man. Uh, and that four and seven becomes fourteen and seventy, or four and seventy, whatever it is. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Jason Kidd will be at the helm, so. The coup is coming. He's he's in Frank Vogel's ear. How do you feel about the Warriors? Yeah, I I don't feel like the Warriors are going to be the Warrior. I I really think offensively they're going to be great. They're going to have some moments where they just run teams off the court and everybody's training threes. But I don't think that they're going to be able to defend. And even more to the point, you know, I was really curious what Draymond would look like coming back into camp. Like if, if he came back in the shape he was in at the end of last year where he just looked fast and everything, and you'd say, okay – this is a guy that's ready to prove. Like he wants to show Kevin Durant that they didn't need him, and but he didn't. He came back looking like regular October Draymond Green, and yeah. I just think they're going to be a good team because they're great on offense and not great on defense. Yeah, I think their focus is on uh, Giannis Attentacumpos uh, <laughs> <laughs> likes on, on Instagram. I'm telling you, Milwaukee has some red flag. Like they're really good. Giannis is still really good, but there's those things that you're like, you know, if that doesn't go well. The, go south. We didn't really talk much about the Clippers, but if Paul George misses to like yeah. mid to late November, yeah, that's a huge piece that you're now trying to figure out how to how to make work on the run, right? I'm less concerned about that. If they stay healthy with everyone else, like Kawhi and the rest of that gang, I think is good. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I, I think they can survive till then. The real question is, if he misses that much time, how does he fit in? Because the whole idea of the perfect yeah. idealized version of the Clippers is it's Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, and it's this two-headed monster that in sync. But 
you know how it is. When a star player misses training camp and a bunch of the season and then tries to come in, maybe he's not 100% at first or whatever, it's very hard to like develop the identity of a team at that point. So they're going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. But it's all about like how quickly can this become a true two-headed monster um, because that's what it's going to take for them to win a championship. Yeah, and and you know the good news for for George's injury is that it's a shoulder injury, and he doesn't have as much conditioning to to try to come back. And now that's true, you know, upper body strength and stuff like that. Like he's going to have to work on that, obviously. But but running and and jumping and getting the lower body ready for the upper bodies, you know, being actually fully healthy, that's a lot easier to do than vice versa. Yeah. So, um, all right, last question here before we get out of here. Of the divisions that we talked about, we already agreed that the Northwest is the toughest division. But of the of the divisions that we're talking about that have legitimate favorites to them, so we're not talking about the Southeast Division, uh, which of these teams do you consider the most likely to actually get upset and and, and not win their division? So this is a good question. I, it's got to be the Lakers because obviously we had such a hard time picking them, but they're not a favorite. Right. I think when I mean. you talk favorites, you really mean Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Houston, right? Yeah. So which of those three is is least likely? I would say Houston is most likely, in my opinion. Philadelphia second most likely. Milwaukee is the team that again, I they don't have the, as good of a challenger. Man, this is a tough one. Man, this is a tough one because I think Boston can be a sneaky good regular season team. Mm-hmm. I'll still go with Milwaukee, and it has a hundred percent to do with the fact. I mean, it has a, it actually has like five percent to do with the loss of Brogdon and, and just the, the due for a regression. But it has ninety five percent to do with the Giannis distraction. I honestly believe is coming. I think this is an annoying year for Milwaukee Bucks fans, and an annoying year for people that don't want to see Giannis going to the West Coast to one of the the, the big franchises that matter. I also think it really matters that Indiana is just better than Boston. Like I, I just think Indiana is going to be better than Boston this year. So therefore, they, I think I could see them overtaking the Bucks more closely than I can see the Celtics or or even the Raptors taking the the Sixers. There's also the Philadelphia thing of like, I, I guess they they now have insurance. If Embiid went down, Horford goes to center, and now mm-hmm. you're good again. You're, you're fine. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I'm gonna go with Bucks. I'm gonna go with Bucks. Me too. All right, that'll do it. Hey, next time you and I talk, like, we'll, we'll, your team will have played a couple games. My team will have played a couple games. You, you, you feeling excited or just sleep deprived? Michael Porter Jr. I've waited two years to see him play. <laughs> I'm extremely excited to see. Well, I mean, knock on wood, we still got like two days of three days of training camp to get through before <laughs> he's officially made it. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, good luck with the cable thing. And everybody out there, enjoy this. Basketball is back. We've made it officially through the offseason. We did it. We've, we've manufactured as many conversations as we possibly can. Now we actually have basketball to, re- to react to and respond to. So have a great rest of your week. Make sure you guys are choosing or checking out all of the shows across our entire network. This is the best time of year, right? You got the NBA is, is starting up. NHL is his tipped off or kicked off or dropped the puck whatever they say there uh, the, the nfl is in full swing you got mlb playoffs uh there's there's a ton of stuff to there's plenty of stuff reasons to listen to podcasts over across all the sports so check out your favorite team we have a, we have a show for them uh and and we'll talk to you guys next week